And now, from the Save on Foods Wines at British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location at De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from the Cowichan Valley to the Thompson Valley and all 20 cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We're on the Naramata Bench on location at De Silva Vineyards and Winery and also the eclectic home of the Kitchen Restaurant. Our hosts are Richard uh, and Twyla De Silva, co-owners here. Great to be back. Richard, Twyla, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great nice, to have you here. Nice to be back here in the middle of the summer, uh, you know, finally warmed up. Things look good. Are you feeling good? Yeah, things are looking good so far. We're uh, <laughs> we're uh, looking uh, looking forward to uh, to September and, and how this is all going to play out for I, us. I should warn people: you're a cautious kind of guy, Richard. So, yeah, uh, you, pragmatic. Yeah, <laughs> cool start to the year. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, what's going to happen?" You say, "Well, why don't we wait and see?" Yeah, wait that... till uh, wait till the fruits on my crush pad, then we'll make some decisions. Then, yeah. yeah. Uh, why is that? I mean, you have a long history. Well, let's start with that. You've you've grown a lot of things in BC over the years. Your family. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know there's so many variables in that, of course. But I think we when you're talking about farming, uh, so many different conditions, and it's just you just can't make a a call until it's all said and done. It's mm-hmm. just, just how it is. I mean, you can you know have a spring that's really cool and 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 wet. But have an amazing fall that's you know warm and long and, and great days and no rainfall and it's perfect so really at the end of the day we reserve judgment on on how the vintage is until the harvest is is, is in mm-hmm. in the barn as they like to say indeed yeah uh and twila the people are back uh, the, the tour tourism's back you, you've made it through the pandemic is, is it good to be uh, on the other side now Oh, it is. We're so excited to have so many people back in the Okanagan, yeah. and uh, including us in the wine tour. Yeah, and you had some loyal staff uh, throughout the times. Yeah, we're so lucky to have an amazing team behind us. Many of our uh, team members have been with us for five-plus years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, tell our listeners, we're kind of on the uh, uh, the, the start or the, the edge of the Naramata bench. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe the, where oh, you are, Richard? So we'd be on the southern edge of the Naramata Bench um, Appalachian, and uh, it's, uh, it's definitely the very entry point in, 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 on your journey into the Naramata Bench. It's a unique site where we are, and, and it's an old uh, part of an old outwash um, ancient lake basin um, that's dead center of the property, and so we're kind of this unique uh, <sighs> soils and, and, and site compared to the remaining of the, the, the bench so it's kind of a cool little spot there's uh we're literally you know maybe 500 yards from from penticton mm-hmm. so so yeah well great view from from uh, the patio uh, where, where you're serving let's talk about that for a minute hospitality so how will it roll out this summer and fall what, what's the plan for hospitality here well um we're really excited to be offering a couple of events this year finally after the last couple years which we'll be making some announcements shortly to our wine club members and our guests we look forward to offering something a little collaboration between our chef and our winemaker richard 
and a few other little secret things that people will have to stop by the wine shop to experience. Yeah. Richard and a chef together, that, that would be worth the price of admission just, mm-hmm. just for that. <laughs> always entertaining. Yeah, always entertaining. Uh, and what about hours and visiting here at, at De Silva? Are you open every day? Or? Yeah, so our season has started. We're now open Monday through Sunday, 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. We're expecting to extend our weekend hours and maybe weekday hours possibly for the summer mm-hmm. as it gets um a little bit later this summer as uh, we get more and more people coming in to visit us. Yep. And uh, did, can they drop by or do they need a reservation or how does it work at yeah, the Silva? Yeah, well, you know what? Reservations are always recommended. Uh, okay. We are fairly busy uh, this time of the year, so definitely recommended. We do try to uh, accept walk-ins when possible. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different wines today in different places, but Richard was mentioning that you might do something with the Legato wines uh uh, somehow, and what's that all about, Richard? Yeah, I think we're uh, there's a hole in the wall, or people are losing their office space, or how, yeah, <laughs> what's well, we, the plan? Yeah, um, yeah well, what we're doing right now is, um, you know, as the, our, our our story and our our, our wines uh, have evolved, um, the Legato series wines have become uh, more and more of a cornerstone to what we're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, what we want to offer in our in our tasting room is, is the ability to to try these really rare um, and exclusive wines that you typically wouldn't see in a store downtown Vancouver. A few uh, restaurants in the, in the Lower Men um, may have these wines, but they're quite exclusive and very rare. Have that ability to taste them here. And the yeah. Legato Room was was uh, conceived by my wife and I to, to give people that opportunity to, to do that in a very private quiet uh, space yeah. where, where we can tell the story of that wine, why is it special to us, and that's what we've decided now, to do. I think it's no secret that the top wines, uh, the price for the top wines in the Okanagan now rival any top wines around the world, so I think it's important people want to try that wine before they, they lay down all the dough, yeah, so it's kind of a nice opportunity. Yeah, I think giving people context, uh, giving the story as to why it is, I mean, I'm a firm believer that the wine in the bottle... Um, and and where it's grown should be why it's valued where it is, mm-hmm. and not uh, not for any other uh, existential reasons. Yep. So for me, uh, it, it, that's important to explain that to our guests uh, to, to have a chance to uh, to give them that uh, that experience. Mm-hmm. You're going to take us on a journey today. The last time I was here, it was 10 or 11 vineyards. Uh, still, is it that now or growing? And it's we'll, slowly growing, yeah. Slowly growing. So, we'll, And we're going to explore a number of different places across the, the valley. Indeed we are, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one, of, um, one of the things I'm really most proud of, and I think our team is very excited and proud of as well, is that within this one winery, we have a kaleidoscope of, of vineyards and, and terroirs, and, and the knowledge from our family and our, our farming heritage here to understand um, that we're still learning, of course, mm-hmm. uh, is, is starting to talk about focus in these different regions sure. and what the possibility is once that focus is, is, is brought into into play. Okay, our guests are Richard and uh, Twyla De Silva. They're co-owners here at the Silva Vineyards and Winery. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about field blends. That's an old Portuguese vineyard uh, trick that uh, he's brought to the Okanagan, I think, is going to be super successful. Our show is uh, created weekly and available on all the podcast stations, including Google, Spotify, and Apple. You can catch us anytime at your leisure. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismani, and we'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. 
Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. BC VQA Wine, a reflection of our land and the exceptional folks that craft every bottle. Save on Foods is proud to offer the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines all in one place, plus an extensive collection of BC's most popular ciders. And with their everyday customer discount program, you'll get 10% off any four bottles or select 12 bottles and save an additional $12. Wines of British Columbia at Save on Foods. Find your nearest store at saveonfoods.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location on the Naramata Bench at De Silva Vineyards and Winery. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the show. We're on location at De Silva Vineyards with Richard and uh, Twyla De Silva. They're co-owners here. Uh, at uh, De Silva Vineyards and Winery, uh, Richard, we—I I, I should say—I should ask you where you were born to set up the wines that we're going to taste right now. I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, I was born in, uh, in Oliver, and uh, born in was one of the last years, in the, born in the old nunnery in, in Oliver. In the old nunnery. <laughs> how, in appropriate. Oliver. Yeah, how appropriate! Yeah, <laughs> appropriate. Uh, but and of course, you have a, a, a background, a, a Portuguese background, the family. Yeah, our, uh, our family uh, immigrated to, from uh, Portugal in 1955 as part of a federal government program to attract uh, immigrant labor. Yeah. And uh, we were one of the first six couples in the Okanagan, a part of that program, and uh, into the Okanagan. Uh, but our family's been doing agriculture and winemaking and all this since back the 1700s. It's kind of, I always tell people it's not a vanity project, it's, it's, it's our livelihood. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so the family uh, weren't into monocropping. We did everything. So we yeah. did grapes, we did ground crops, we did dairy, we did uh, some livestock, fruit, everything. Fruit. And so, when people tell you grape growing is hard, uh, what do you say to them after <laughs> after growing peaches or apples or pears? Or yeah, I mean, it, it's it, you know some of the best vineyard um, viticulturists are guys who came from uh, vineyard growers are come from soft fruits. It's such a challenging fruit because you know in grapes, 
um, you know, if your, your end product is going to be crushed and made to wine. Yeah. But in, in, in soft fruits, you're, you're being judged by the visual quality of your fruit. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's, the work was just heinous. Like, I mean, I, I, I wish to some point that my family had monocrop grapes only. <laughs> <laughs> I was not so lucky, but. Uh, yeah. But growing, look what you learned. Oh, I, yeah. It, the the, the skill set, if you, you know, growing peaches in the desert. Um, really sets you up for how to grow grapes in the desert. I yeah. think the, the the crossover has been uh, been fantastic, and it makes you a bit of a terroiriste from the get go too, which I think I, I like. It's not something new. You always knew places were different. Yeah, I mean, uh, when your family, uh, you know, your 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 ability to survive and 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 to you know, live is being based on those on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's a very different. Uh, you know, it wasn't a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah. family had to to learn those skills for our for our existence, and so it's a very different. Uh, you know, you you learn very quickly because um, if you don't, uh, you know, I, I tell most people, most you of my family members, mind. yeah, most of my family farmed here for for the livelihood. Most of them died as poor farmers. You yeah, know? And it's it's a well. Uh, which leads me to these two wines, which also are wines whose birth was, uh, the way that these wines were made, uh, was always a defense against not being able to make them every year. Uh, so let's talk about these field blends. This is a super cool idea. Uh, the Vino Bronco and the Vino Tinto. Maybe we'll start with the names for people who might not know what's going on, but uh, tell us about them. Yeah, I mean, the impetus for these wines were, uh, you know, these blend wines, field blend wines from Portugal, um, a, a simple, uh, well-crafted table wine. But what's um, a field blend for, for people who might not know? They're, and so in this case, and in, in Portugal as well, they would be, you know, no one knew um, in, 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 in antiquity what was planted. But what they knew is that, you know, at some point they had to harvest these grapes. And so what they would do is they'd harvest all the grapes from, the, from a particular field, or a vineyard, and they would just co-ferment it. There was no yeah. chilling. At there the was, same time. All yeah. at the same time. There, was no, there wasn't this, the, the, the technology to be able to, to preserve your grapes or mm-hmm. different blocks. And so it was kind of actually an, a, an antiquated way of creating consistency, yeah. but using the vineyard to create that consistency. So mm-hmm. what makes it magical is the integration is, is so seamless in field blends because the grapes are co-fermented together instead of blended after the fact. So what will yeah. happen is we'll just put these into the same vat. Pinot Gris, Yoni, Pearl of Chaba, Chardonnay, with a little bit of Gewürztraminer in there. And we'll co-ferment those together in the same vat. Um, and the, they're just, they're, they're so well stitched together um, that it's, it, it just becomes a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. I, I never quite get the same from blending white wines yeah. after the fact. Yeah. Will we get some Portuguese varieties someday uh, to blend in there? Yes, we we, we do have uh, some white varieties from Vino Verde coming. Um, I've been uh, I've had that uh, asked by me by several uh, uh, great friends of mine. So we are uh, in the process of planting some Portuguese white varieties, mm-hmm. um, but those are still probably about two or three years away. Mm. But the red is, uh, it has a base now of, of a major Portuguese variety, which is super cool. Yeah, it's got three Portuguese varieties in, the, in there. Um, the uh, We have Toriga Nacional, which is the, bigger, the biggest component of that red wine yeah. now. We have Toriga Franca, and we have... The Ale- superstar grape, and now the, for yeah. some people there, yeah. And, uh, and the third the, one? 
Alicante Bouchette. Wow. Which was uh, which was for those that that know their wine history, especially from California. Yeah. Was was used as their 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 secret weapon to create dark dense wines. It was used as a tintador mostly in California. Yeah. Back in uh, several, you know, a few uh, centuries. Ago. I, I just love these wines. I love the idea of these wines. Uh, you know, a lot of people, th- you know, and they grew up sort of in the New World, and Cabernet was king, and this and that. And these were peasant wines, and actually, these wines are more interesting than any entry level wines that you could imagine because of the complexity of the the blend and the flavor. And Twyla, you've done something fabulous with these bottles, and I wish people could see them. We'll post them up on our site. Tell us about the labels and why why you went with these labels. I, I know a little bit about them, but I think people should know the story. Uh, well, one thing I fell in love with uh, on my travels to Lisbon and, and Porto were the beautiful hand-painted tiles yeah. in Portugal. And you'll see them everywhere on churches, train stations, yeah, houses. They're and so gorgeous. It is. And they're all so unique, just like wine. And uh, one thing I did mention to Richard is that one day we should really have these tiles on one of our bottles of wine. Yeah. And so it finally happened with our Vino Bronco and Vino Tinto. It's so great. They, they, they look so authentic. And then to have the field blend, too. What, what, what's the response from consumers about that? Oh, it's it's been so positive. Um, yeah. So many people have, vis- have visited Portugal. So, yeah, they have that instant connection. I, I want to see uh, Richard with a hat like this uh, soon because I think that would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but I think I think what's in- interesting is the wine is still very uh, below the radar yet. Yeah, lots of people don't know about this wine yet. I think, yeah. be, you know, my wife and I are kind of cautious. Be careful what you wish for because the wine... Um, at, at the price point, the presentation of the of the of the of the, of the, of the wine label—it's fantastic, and we're 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 super proud of it. I think it's it's, uh, it's going to be a winner. Yeah, well, this white wine is such a great summer wine. You know, just chill it down, have it on the patio, and uh, well, you have the kitchen here, so you probably already know it goes with so many different uh, uh, things off the menu. So it's a really cool wine, and people should embrace this. This is the kind of wine in British Columbia that I would expect now in the next legacy of our winemaking that we see more and more of these kind of things happening around the valley. We, we can only hope. Very cool. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back. There's plenty more wines to talk about. Uh, Richard De Silva and Twyla De Silva are our guests, and we have a special on location here, a Grape Escape, right at the winery on the uh, southern edge of the Naramata Bench. We'll take a quick break. Our shows are created weekly at BNN Bloomberg Radio, 1410 in downtown Vancouver. But you can uh, listen to the show any old time on your favorite podcast provider. I'm Anthony Cosmondi. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and we will be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to slow down, take your time and enjoy perfect patio weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for your relaxing summer getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours before you go, and for more trip inspiration, head to visit Penticton.com. The flavors of the region come alive at 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Enjoy lakeside dining inside or outside on the patio. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to offer up top-notch, seasonal, and locally inspired menus to complement the unmatched views of beautiful Lake Asuyas. 
For an unforgettable dining experience, 15 Park Bistro is the lakeside place to be. Now open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8. To find out more, visit 15parkbistro.com. Summer in the Okanagan. Great food, fine wine, fabulous views. You can have it all at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna. Enjoy the stunning vistas while wine tasting outside on the patio. Or step inside the Modest Butcher for some delicious new summer dishes from the menu. Online tasting bookings and table reservations are recommended due to limited seating. Just go to mtboucherie and modestbutcher.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now back to De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's Anthony. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the show. We are uh, overlooking the south end of Okanagan Lake in the city of Penticton. We're on location at De Silva Vineyards. In fact, we're out on the patio, uh, the home of the kitchen, and we're uh, delighted to have with us Chef Abul Adam. He is uh, the man who cooks the food at the kitchen. And uh, Richard De Silva is the guy who eats it once in a while, right? Uh, Apparently Richard, lots of you, it. <laughs> you come here once in a while? <laughs> Chef, great to see you. Nice to see you, Anthony. Uh, all, everything's good. You're feeling good. It's a new season. Uh, summer's uh, we, here. People are happy. That's right. All, again, all over again. Yeah, they're here to torture you. Uh, do, uh, you have a strange relationship, kind of, sort of, with the customer. You, you like to just, I, I don't know, how would you explain it? Uh, well, we're trying to just keep it at... Uh, as real as possible, uh, with uh, we can uh, handle ourselves without losing that uh, touch mm-hmm. with the real touch with the customers. Yeah, keep it authentic. Exactly. And- so to achieve that this season, so we take tables away. We make it more difficult to people to make reservations. Yeah. Oh, everything is possible for the less people we have, the better. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Richard. He loves it. <laughs> That's why we close Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, and Richard, you, I like what you say. There's nobody's a, nobody's a star here. Everybody's the same when they come and eat here. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, we, uh, and they come in droves. <laughs> They do, and I think I think that's what people feed off of is that we're we just do what we do. It's very pragmatic, and uh, we, 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 we what we're concentrating on is providing a, a quality experience with quality foods, with authentic ethnic foods that we're we're both grew up with. Mm-hmm. As simple as that. Chef, how would you describe the food? When people ask me, well, what what's happens at kitchen? What kind of a place is it? So there's a lot of talk about Portugal. There's talk about tapas. Like what what what, what is it? Uh, well, there is um. Uh, well, the idea of the tapas was because of the background of Richard, uh, but then as it has developed in the past 10 years, well, they're more like uh, uh, that Spanish inf- uh, influence, obviously, with my heritage. Yeah. And this, by now, has turned into a serial of a lot of small dishes that represents 
my culture, his culture, and dishes that I've been doing for so many years and adapt to this place now and then uh, uh, to have a different a range of uh, items that I don't want to say they're uncommon, but there's like people can come here to find to look uh, to find something, something different. different. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to let you pronounce it, but uh, Richard, the citrus marinated anchovies, which you call bocarones, bocarones. Uh, what should we have with that? You know, and, and well, in front of it, we have the two the 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 Isabella. Uh, sparkling wine that we had the frizzante and the rosé and that's one of the things that uh, those dishes go just magically with these kind of dry table wines mm -hmm. um, and I think the uh, funny enough uh, I recommend the frizzante with a lot of these dishes I think yeah. it's one of the things that a lot of people don't don't think about when they're eating uh, these ethnic dishes but a, a sparkling dry table wine that's that's kind of got a little bit of salinity to it. It just goes magically with all these tapas. What do you think, Chef? Is the bubble interesting? Uh, absolutely. Yes, it is very... Uh, it's actually like wine is... Uh, like most of my dishes have a lot of citrus, lots of lemon, vinegars. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it will... Uh, 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 Isabella is actually one of the wines to go with most Let's of my Let's talk food. about goat. Talk about different... You don't get goat at many restaurants in uh, the Okanagan. Yeah, no. So it's, what, what, uh, who's making these goats and how do, what, how do you do it? Uh... Well, I, I, I was uh, finally find some goat here. Actually, where I'm come from, that, that dish is exactly where I'm come from. It's called yeah. it's a it's a true birria, and birria from the, my state where I grew up. It's made out of goat, and that's ex it's exactly um, hundred percent original Mexican dish that uh, I have to develop through the phone with my mom, so because I never <laughs> met her before, so she <laughs> she guided me through. She guides you through. Yes, I think this year's gonna be better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> and the goat is from where? Nearby or? Uh, is it a secret source or? Uh, no, no, no. I got to discover a some halla um, uh, halla in uh, Middle East uh, butchery in Kelowna, uh -huh. and then on the down on the uh, close to Salmon Arm, and they have a goat farm there, and then that's where all the goat comes. Wow. Uh, you guys have been together a long time, Richard. Since yeah. 2012. Great 2012. Hey, kind of interesting story about that is uh, Abu was one of the very, uh, before he came on board here, he had his own little uh, restaurant. Yeah, in town. In town. And uh, we met, he was the very first uh, restaurant to carry my wine when we first started way back wow. in 2008. Brave yeah. guy. He yeah. was. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, we formed a relationship then. And then when this came, uh, when we started, my wife and I started building this, we in 2012, we invited him on and... I believe makes this one of the longest running uh, winery chef collaborations in the province now, and it's been fascinating. It's uh, people um, we never advertise this anywhere. It's this has been my word of mouth, and uh, we just yeah do what we do. And so you're not so hard to get along with, uh, not you, chef uh, Richard. Uh, no, I mean Richard. It's Richard is Richard, big Richard. Uh, it's an it's, it's an honest and it's we are we know f for a long time, so we're uh, pretty. Uh, Almost like brothers, and we we sometimes we bump heads, but we clear up with there's no hard feelings, and that's why probably we have been doing this too long because we all clicked with each other and mm -hmm. help each other and and have our backs, and there's yeah. no uh, we're always clear. I just I mean I could go through so many things on the menu, but the bacalao croquettes, correct? Uh, that seems like another Isabella hit for me, but uh, yeah. maybe the rosé too. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about the uh, when you do a rosé, like we're doing it out of a Pinot uh, Merlot, the, the core of the rosa, which is 
stands for the color of pink in, in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also again a very dry uh, kind of a, uh, kind of this minerally earthy type of rosé, which is uh, great with these kind of foods. And they, and you know, I don't, I've I kind of definitely been shawning away from those kind of fruitier uh, style of, of yeah. rosés for yeah. this because ethnically for us, these are the kind of wines that really go with these kind of foods. Mm. So, How is the experience here, Chef? Like I see one thing yeah. people can do is just say, cook for me. Is that, is that correct? And then yes. you just take them through a dinner, uh, exactly. some sort of yeah. logical progression of food? Or? Yeah, you actually, you know, last night I probably had a 80% restaurant having chef's choice. Yeah. So they come, they sat down, and then just I just feed them, uh, and yeah, but wow. to that one it's not that easy because you say I can put place. I need to come to talk to the people to have a, a feeling for the people to see yeah whether how what, how what, much I can push the boundary yeah. or how, uh, what are the limits. What do you do? Like, what are some of the, what, what would you ask a person to find out where you can go? I, I can go and I obviously some body reading and just have a light conversation where they come from, what they like. Yeah. Just have an idea how adventurous they are with food, yeah. and after that, some how much spice they like and stuff like that, simple okay. stuff. And then I go in and I just go crazy, and then wow. uh, and I bring plates, and they know. And I always said that if you don't like it, don't eat it, don't pay for it, and we do something different because wow, sometimes I nail it, sometimes I don't, and but that's part of it. I, I yeah, you don't have to be compromised. Well, and, and, and Richard, you warn people it's not a drive-through uh, on the other side of the menu, which is kind of funny, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a very Richard kind of way. Well, I think the thing for us is, is there was a culture, of, especially for a lunchtime uh, at a winery, where people were just kind of like, just oh, I, I, I need to get a bite into me. Yeah, um, the kitchen is is about a, f- a food, culinary, and wine uh, experience. Yeah, uh, and, and I have no doubt about that. When you come here. It, it, it's what we're about, and so when people come in, uh, there's almost like a social contract that you're coming yeah. in to come in and and have this experience. And so if you're coming in to grab your, you know, your 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 soup and sandwich, it's uh, that's we're not the place for you. That's yeah. not what we're doing. Yeah, it's an experience. It's t- it takes time, and and you relax. And I think that's, that's right. You get to understand everything about what's going on, and, and we want we want to take care of you. We yeah. want you to feel good. Look out, enjoy the view, and have Absolutely. the food. Yeah. Enjoy this. We actually, when you make reservations over dinner, we actually tell them, why don't you come at this time? And they say, why? So you can appreciate this, uh, the sunset. So yeah. you have this because you don't know. Cause you want to come too early. We understand yeah. that, but we suggest this so you can have yeah. the whole feeling. It was no more about wine and food. It was about the whole environment. Yeah. It's a beautiful culture that uh, that you've created here, and I think uh, a lot of people could take lessons from that uh, because slowing down and eating and enjoying life is uh, healthy. That's right. That's yeah. right. Chef, so great to see you. Very nice to see you. Uh, Thank you, you look very healthy. You, Thank you. You, you, you look like you're rested now, and yeah. uh, you're going to maybe we, kick we're ass ready. all summer. I do a lot of exercise this uh, winter to be ready for, <laughs> for this season again. And Richard, how about you? Did you do a lot of exercise this winter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> said, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, love you. Thanks, Chef. Thank you. Uh, 80%. Maybe you should just scrap the menu now. If people are 80%, you probably could just cook for everybody and, uh, That's and get true. on with it. Yeah, so that happens but we'll see <laughs> yeah that was chef abu Adam, and he uh we've been talking about the kitchen at the silva vineyards uh there's plenty more to come on the show though uh, richard will be back we're going to go through some of his uh top end wines here at the silva vineyards i'm anthony gismani it's bc food and wine radio and we'll be right back there's lots more still ahead this is the bc food and wine radio network 
Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to slow down, take your time, and enjoy perfect patio weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for your relaxing summer getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room, and restaurant hours before you go, and for more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Lively, delicious, and totally alcohol-free. Introducing Piquet Zero from Benjamin Bridge, a creative and unprecedented wine-style beverage. Discover the unique deliciousness of this new sensory experience. Golden sapphire in color with a blonde hue. The nose features zesty suggestions of key lime, blood orange peel, and lemon preserve with a balancing texture of tart cherries. And best of all, Piquet Zero is absolutely alcohol-free. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at yoursouthokanaganhome.com. The legend lives on. Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three-Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location on the Naramata Bench at De Silva Vineyards and Winery. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, wherever you're listening across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we're on location at De Silva Vineyards with uh, Richard and Twyla De Silva uh, in front of me. And, and uh, it's the perfect weather. We're uh, finally getting some heat. It's white wine weather, and we're going to taste a couple of great wines here, Richard. But let's just talk about these wines. Before we talk about the grapes, which are important, let's talk about the source, which I think is more important to you. Two very different wines from, from, I don't know, how many kilometers apart would you say? We're going to do Chenin Blanc and Viognier, so you, you take it from here. Yeah, so the Chenin Blanc is grown uh, here at the winery home site called Hidden Hollow Vineyard. Uh, grown actually on a, um, a a strip of quartz sand, actually, which is quite unique for the, for the Nermata Bench. Most of it's clay or gravel soils. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is kind of a beach of an old outwash uh, lake uh, that was here at one time. And uh, the Vioni is actually grown on the, the same kind of uh, soil type. It's also 100% sand, yeah. but it's just the uh, beach sand that's from uh, from Osuyas. And it's as far as you could dig. It's pure sand and Vioni. So both the same soils types, one's quartz and the other one is, um, I, I don't quite know what the, the base of that sand is, but they're about 60 kilometers. The Vioni is about as far south as you can in the Okanagan. Yeah, right at the border. Right on the border. And uh, my my thought process for that was, as you know, old world inspiration was where would these grow 
in France, where these two varieties are really well known for. And so the Viognier in the Rhone Valley is very hot. And so using that, I've put all the Viognier in my Syrahs at the hottest places in BC. Mm-hmm. And Chenin Blanc is in you know continental Loire Valley, a part portion of uh, central France. And so for me, right here in the center of, of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of where we are. A lot of talk about Chenin Blanc down south, oldest vines in the valley and whatever. The, these are related, are they not? They do. These cuttings come from the, uh, the, the what has now become the Checkmate Vineyard. Um, and uh, yeah, we're very proud of uh, the heritage of this vine. It's actually the very first grape varietal I start I worked with was Chenin, Chenin Blanc. Blanc. Yeah. yeah. So you have some special affection for it. Uh, special, I hold a special. Uh, it, it's also very interesting because even on the Golden Mile, this grape variety was my last grape to harvest. Mm-hmm. I would have Cab Sauv, Cab Franc, Merlot, everything harvested, and this mm-hmm. still needed hang time by at least a week or two mm-hmm. past those. And Twyla, in the tasting room, how does Chenin Blanc and Bionier go over with the people? Do they know what's happening when you you offer them that? Or Well, uh, it's definitely a unique uh, varietal for our region. You don't see as many producers with mm-hmm. these two varietals. So sometimes it takes a little bit of, um, you know, explaining to our guests, you know, what these varietals are. And right. once they taste them, they fall in love. How about the blue labels? Yes. What or, is the story behind that color blue? Well, blue... Somebody does, loves it. <laughs> Richard loves uh, blue. It's his favorite color. And um, we thought uh, we'd use that uh, color on our labels. And these wines are part of our Vineto series. And Vineto means vineyard in Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And they really focus on specific varietals and unique vineyards throughout the Wakanda and Ogden Valley that we have. Yeah. Uh, this... I love its instructional. You even have uh, on the back, you have the actual uh, geolocation of the vineyard as well for people, which is, you know, for me, that's that kind of, it's a kind of an osmosis thing. Like, you know, it's not super important, but if it's there, you absorb it, you know, and you, you think about it. I think I think it's feeding off of my belief that in the Okanagan, um, as we were talking about glaciation and its effect on the Okanagan, you could have a 10-acre parcel, but you could have three, four different soil types on that same vineyard Mm -hmm. Um, and by doing this i'm actually really in a very precise way speaking to exactly what soil because on this property i have three different soil types that particular location has that particular sand uh, in it Mm -hmm. so it's it's a bit nerdy it's kind of my my little thing but uh, it's it's really talking about you know a radical way of looking wines of a place a lot of talk about 2021 uh, in different parts of the valley. What do you think about all this vintage talk or growing talk? I mean, it's a big valley. It's very big. I think, uh, you know, obviously the big event for 2021 was was the fire and, and the smoke. Uh, but it's, it's, it, had, it was definitely localized to, to, to proximity to, to ignition source. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in our many years of farming here, that that effect is really about where your grapes and their physiological uh, ripening are at the time. Um, what the conditions were, you know, wind, rain, um, and then also, you know, uh, th- that that ignition source uh, proximity is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can have a lot of smoke in the air, but that's particulate versus the volatile chemical compounds that make up those. Yeah, that come from a source of a fire. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, these wines are lovely. <laughs> There's doesn't seem to be any issue yeah. here. 
which is calming to people. A lot of nonsense going on there. Like we know there was fires in there in certain places, but they weren't everywhere. So absolutely, know. I think there's there's obviously a couple of uh, fellow producers that work uh, unfortunately close to those ignition sources that were impacted. Mm-hmm. But for for myself and all of our vineyard holdings, we we didn't have any impact whatsoever. Yeah. So in the heat dome, what about the supply? Or like, a lot of people talk about less wine. Would you have? Did you see that? Or I think the the fruit the the, the lack of fruit set was wasn't caused by the heat dome. Uh, that fruit set would have been caused already at either the previous fall or spring fruit set. Okay. So that was already set already in motion. I think the heat dome, in some ways, though. Uh, kind of benefited to some degree because what it does is the plants go into suspended animation during that heat dome um, and so it extended the season in some ways and so you know anything over 35 degrees the plant is not doing anything really physiologically so what happens for us was that it didn't affect as much as some people think and especially when people are talking about um, the 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 the, the the amount that would have been during fruit set in the spring and not mm. during the heat event. I would say though there was an impact of the heat due to pests and, and their and their damage in the vineyards was was quite profound because of the heat dome. Mm-hmm. What do you make of uh, growing methods that we hear so much about? Sustainable, organic, biodynamic. Well, where do you sit in all that? Uh, because you've been growing a long time here, your family. It's sometimes a bit of an interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> dialogue that goes out there with all of this, uh, and I can understand why. Um, for us, you know, we're we're sustenance farmers. Where we want it, we're very we take our role as being stewards of the land very seriously, mm-hmm. and so sustainable farming is very important. But for example, last year when you have a situ- an event where you need a tool in your toolbox, um, we don't have the luxury of saying well, we're not going to use that tool because it, it, it may. Um, be uh, you know, outside of a certain yes, set of regulations, rules, yeah. because uh, I don't have that luxury. My growers don't have that luxury. We need to to sustain our our, our, our existence. So, mm-hmm. but absolutely, I think there is. I, I am very much for sustainable and and taking the stewardship of the land seriously. I think that's uh, that's something that's definitely changed a lot of my lifetime, mm-hmm. and I and I'm for it. We had a kind of an interesting conversation about because one of the big issues in the Okanagan is succession. What will happen in the future? Uh, and we know from the European experience that there are a lot of cooperatives in European. There's none in the New World that I'm really aware of, at least here in North America. Is that an idea that's appealing to to some people now? Or I think I think there definitely is. I think some of us are looking at what is our legacy. What what is the BC wine issue? What, what would that look like in 50 years from now? Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know, traveling to the old world, and I think those of us that have spent a lot of time in the old world, I think it's really top of mind. It, it, it's something that, as you grow older, you become very conscious of. Uh, and uh, for me, it's always something that I'm, I'm because of my family being farming here seventy years. That, that's important to us. And yeah, yeah I think it's, it, there's something there to be said. Blue Label series place and variety. How many different wines would we see under this series, uh, Twilight? Let's see now. There's fourteen. 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 Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's uh yeah. That, that's the heart of the. It's the heart of De Silva. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's our. It's, it's our main. It's the backbone of what we do. These are two delicious wines. Thanks for sharing them. We're going to take a quick break. Come back about and talk about uh, another series of wines that uh, maybe people don't know so well, uh, but they're going to get to know more as time goes by. We are live today from uh, De Silva Vineyards. We're coming to you uh, on site on the Naramata bench. 
Uh, next segment is all about red wines with Richard and Twyla De Silva. I'm Anthony Gismani. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Refreshing, relaxing, romantic. Get away to Therapy Vineyards and stay at their modern, comfortable, and spacious boutique inn. Experience your moment of awe from the balcony of your room while taking in the panoramic views of the vineyards and Okanagan Lake. Capture the essence of the grape-growing season while luxuriating at your home base for wine tours. Oh, and did we mention award-winning wines? Book your relaxing retreat or perfect couples getaway today at therapyvineyards.com. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature, Liber's terroir-focused small-lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club to receive delivery of award-winning wines, new releases in spring and fall, early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Liber Farm and Winery looks forward to hosting you in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now back to De Silva Vineyards and Winery on the Naramata Bench. Here's Anthony. In the summertime, when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women. Hello, British Columbia. We're on location at De Silva Vineyards. Uh, and it is the summertime, uh, and it is warm, so that's uh, the appropriate music. We're with Richard and uh, Twyla De Silva. We're in the final segment, and we're going to talk about uh, the uh, top-tier wines. We started working our way through the wines. We started with field blends, and we moved on to the lovely... Uh, I'm trying to figure out what color blue is that. How would you describe that blue? Is there a name for that? Robin Egg. Robin yeah, Egg. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we're moving to Legato. So what's legato? Let's start with that. What what is the 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 the, the ethos of legato? Well, legato is is uh, it's a translation of um, translate from Portuguese means uh, legacy, and, and we were you know knowing that we have some of these very special places and wines, we wanted to really put it in front uh, how important that heritage that we have as an homage to my family's very hard work that allows. It's allowing my wife and I to be here and uh, live the dream, I guess, is what, mm-hmm. uh, as they say. Not that you're not working hard either. Yeah, but, no. uh, <laughs> True. Yeah. But uh, the legacy is, 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 a, is a very mindful, uh, respectful yeah. uh, thing. Uh, kudos to, to that to that legacy that, that I am carrying forward and hopefully others will carry past me. 
Um, and it's, it reflects the very best of what we do and the very best of those components. So it is based on our Veneto wines. We don't have Legato vineyards. So the components come from the wines that make up our Veneto, and it's a barrel selection. It's the very okay. best of those barrels. So. Nice. And and you concentrate now on a couple of varieties in particular, uh, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir and Merlot. And Merlot. Yeah. yeah. I think they, they, they've, they've shown... Um, you know, Merlot obviously can do very well in BC. It's a it's a it's a great Swiss knife of reds for BC in some ways. Yeah, but can be quite magical in the right terroirs and and hopefully I, you can say Naramata. It's magical in Naramata. I'm a big Nar- fan of that yeah. for sure. I think Naramata has some some fantastic terroirs for growing Merlot and Pinot Noir. I think it's two of the great varieties that are. And temperature, like I'm big on temperature, and I feel like this is like such a sweet spot for that variety. So yeah, both like Merlot and Pinot Noir aren't a big fan of those, those intense heat events. Yeah, uh, the Naramata's got a bit more the, the lake effect. It's a bit cooler. Uh, it just it has you know I've grown Merlot and I still grow Merlot in, in several different sites in the province in the South Okanagan. Yeah, um, and consistently, consistently, time and time again, the Merlot from this region just shows to have the best balance, the best characters that, that I value. Yeah. So the Pinot Noir, which is 2019, we'll get to the Merlot, which is 2018. But 2019, it's kind of an interesting vintage. Like, I've had some great 2019s and some some 2019s I'd rather not talk about. What, why is that? What happened? It was really a grower year. It was, it, was, it was a year that kind of really set the growers apart from the pundits and, the, and those that weren't really kind of, yeah. you know, from here. Those of us that knew or were lucky enough to have the right sites for the, for those sort of varieties, it was magical. Um, but conversely, if you didn't have that dialed in, um, it really was challenging for some people. So yeah, you're right. I mean, we were very fortunate. After years of us farming, we really have an idea of where these special um, these special sites that we believe. Are suited for these varieties, and it came out really well in 19. It was a very small yielding year for us, and so the numbers were very down in 19 for us. Mm. And we didn't have a lot of this. Couple of sites in this wine. Uh, yeah, so this is a uh, uh, one of the only uh, uh, sites on the, uh, we're currently producing right now on the West Bench in Penticton, and then the other one is from our home estate uh, on the Blenheim Hill Vineyard, um, where we live. And so we're talking. Um, on the West Bench, on the Lazy Dog Vineyard, we're talking like we're talking twenty point two of an acre, and yeah. our site is uh, one acre, so very small. So West Bench, that's morning sun. Morning uh, sun. Uh, Blenheim is afternoon sun. Afternoon sun. We kind of a nice mix. Exactly, blend those together, and it's just I've always liked blends and vineyard blends. Sometimes when you have yeah. those two, you can add complexity to the wine. You're becoming like the king of the West Bench, West Bank or the West Bench. Yeah. What's happening over there? Is it? Uh, it's a it's a site that I have some some uh, you know some familiarity with, and also I have some connections uh, with 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 friends that I grew up with that happen to have property there. It has never been known for farming because it's very small, especially little sh- sites out there. But yeah, we're yeah. working on. Stay tuned. We're working on some great projects I, out of there. I'm a bit jealous. I, I probably haven't seen anybody that I went to high school with in. 50 years and yet you frequently see people all the time which is it's the great that's that's the the, the value of living in a, it's the in magic a place sauce like i mean for us we yeah. have all these relationships with people that that are that that we grew up together we farm together we've we have experiences together and we help each other out yeah so 
2018 Merlot from the Legato series. Now, what 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 is the story here? What 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 are the sources? So again, the same. So you're going to see some a similarity, kind of a a, yep. a common thread to these again. You know what De Silva does is, is it has these sites, and that's we stick to that. And so when we're talking about making these Veneto wines in this caliber of wine, we're back to this little same two vineyards again. Really small production on these. We're talking uh, Pinot Noir on the Blenheim Hill is one acre as well, and point uh, three of an acre on, wow. the, on the on the. I love uh, this. There's a silky character in this wine and a juicy character, but then there's the acidity that we all want in the end, so that we want to have another another glass of it. It's very well put together. 2018 vintage, so that that's another different story again. Yeah, it was, it was a very warm year. It was uh, it was fairly consistent the whole year through. Uh, great solid wine from that vintage, and and all of our wines from that vintage showed very well. Um, they're uh, They've been just a great, uh, especially now that we just bottled these and have been aging them yeah. uh, for a few months. They're just now starting to express it. It's, it's a solid, solid vintage. I love these tasting shows. I think my crew does too. But <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the new wine because this, I don't know anything about it. So Legato Nobreza, do you say? Nobreza stands for noble. Um, it's a, it, it was a, came to me as a, as a way of expressing very special one-off uh, blends. Um, it may represent something in the future of, of, of the very best of what I do mm-hmm. from these special sites. I mean, when you have this, this, this palette of colors, uh, of, of kaleidoscope of, of vineyards um, to work with, it's, it's, it's like the, the magic easel of mm-hmm. colors to work with, and it's, it's nice. fantastic. So the Nobreza is that. It's a blend of Merlot, Cab Sauv, and Cab Franc. Um, and this is still in we're, – we're having a pre-tasting, but it's still in barrel. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – no, uh, it's or actually already it bottled? It's, it's bottled already. Okay. And uh, it's going to be um, – it's, uh, it's, it's ready probably September, October. We'll be releasing it uh, to the public, so it's going to be um, – you know, available to our wine club and to to select restaurants and some other members. Uh, Twyla, we never mentioned the wine club. We're mm-hmm. almost out of time. Well, how does that work? How do people get signed up, or is it full, or how does well, it? Well, uh, we still have um, spaces available for members. Uh, we just sent out our June shipment uh, recently. So, um, anyone who's interested in joining our club, you can find more information on our website at DeSilvaVineyards.com. Yeah, and you can also reach out to me online. I'm the wine club manager, mm-hmm. and uh, I love to be able to uh, chat to people about what we offer for our members. Yeah. Listen, we've had a fantastic time here today, and I, I know that our listeners have learned a lot. Uh, we try to be gentle, but I think, you know, wine is an interesting business. That The more you know, the more you can appreciate wine. So that's what we try to do. And, Richard, you've done a great job today of explaining what you're up to here in the Valley uh, and doing so well. And, of course, the kitchen ha- has become a hot spot now. It doesn't really need any help from us. But uh, come here and plan on having a tour, two-and-a-half-hour uh, stay and let Chef cook for you and uh, work your way through the wines and, and the food and, and uh, live life to the fullest. I think that would be the way to to uh, best enjoy De Silva Vineyards. Thank you very much for uh, for having us. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we look forward to, to, to inviting your guests here this summer. And we'll see you in the city. I mean, your wines are available here, obviously, available online. Are they available also in the city? Uh, Absolutely. I'd say the city in Vancouver and other private wine shops. We have some town? great uh, restaurants throughout the, the lower mainland, Whistler Corridor, 
uh, that have been supporting us for a long time, uh, and people like JF at La Provence and Rimrock and and, and and so many other people, the Wicked yeah. Inn, and so we we're very really fortunate to have some great uh, support. So yeah, we shout out to them, but some select stores and restaurants for sure. Yeah, thanks so much. It's Thank been you. fantastic. Uh, that's it for today's show. Special thanks to our uh, production team, including our on-site uh, producer, Justin Kwan, our studio producer, Dwayne Bishop, assignment producer, Sherry Caleb, and our director of operations, Stu Ferguson. Join us next week when we travel, well, not more than a few minutes down the road from De Silva Vineyards to downtown Penticton in our grape escape at Time Winery and Kitchen. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and for all of us at the show, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Until then, enjoy your weekend. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.